0: The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gwen Mercy Academy High School, the Sisters of Mercy, or any
1: related affiliate. Welcome back to the Monarch Impact Podcast. I'm Piper Marion, a junior here at Gwened, and I'm Erin Remel, the Director of Alumni Engagement and a member of the Class of 2012. And today we're talking about Sally McKenney, who was a part of the class of 2003. She started the blog Sally's Baking Recipes and is a baker, blogger, cookbook author, and food photographer. Her work has been featured in People Magazine, on Good Morning America, BuzzFeed, HuffPost, and more. Hi, thank you so much for being here today with us, Sally. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast with us. My first question I have for you is, how do you think Gwinnett changed you as a person, as a leader, and as a friend?
2: First, thanks for having me on. It's so nice to chat with other, you know, Gwinnett students or prior students. Um, Well, this one's kind of a hard one to answer because you grow up a lot in your high school years, and I feel like everyone changes so much from their freshman to senior year. Those are like your prime years of growing up. I definitely feel, you know, I got a great core group of friends and, um, I mean, you just do so much growing up between ages like 13 or 14 and, you know, 18. And, um, it just, I, a lot of maturing and, um, definitely prepared me for my, um, my education and then moving on to college. So lots of growing up and lots of transformative years for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I can definitely agree with that. I am not the same person I was in freshman year. It's crazy how much you grow. And then kind of moving on to extracurriculars, you were were involved in a lot. Swimming, community service, multicultural club, yearbook, spirit club, art club, ministry, and the book club throughout your time at Gwanted. That's a lot. What were your favorite clubs to participate in?
2: Well, the one that sticks out the most is swim teams. So, I mean, I feel like any kind of sports team, you kind of become like a little family. And so most of my time, you know, with regards to the extra- extracurricular activities was obviously swimming and definitely my favorite. Um, I was not good at sports, but I was okay. <laughs> and, and, I really it. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And so, um, and, and, you know, one of my a couple of my really good friends were on the swim team. So it just, it made it just a really fun, enjoyable activity. And, um, I just, I love being in the water. I just kind of like my mind kind of shuts off and I get to, you know, be in my own little head and, you know, um, a lot of focus and it's just, I was just definitely one of my favorite sports. I still do some swimming today. And, um, you know, I also really enjoyed art club too. So I think that helped me kind of dive into my, creative side a little bit. Um, so I've learned I, you know, my creative side of my brain is quite large. And so I, uh, (laughs) I definitely feel like that helps me get there, but you listed a lot of clubs and I'm going to be honest. High school was a long time ago. I don't remember being in all of those clubs, but I guess (laughs) I was, um, you know, you do so much in high school and it's fun to try out different things to really find out what you truly love. So definitely, fun to participate in as much as possible to really narrow down what you're passionate about.
0: Um, you know, that especially being an art club kind of helped you nurture that creativity that you have. Um, did you do anything while you were here to kind of help you prepare for your future career in food and blogging and photography? Um, you know, did any of those skills kind of take place uh, early in your in your high school years? Well, I'm
2: going to be honest, food walking was not a thing when yeah. I was in high school a long time ago. Uh, social media wasn't even really a thing. I mean, cell phones were hardly a thing. So I'm really aging myself here. Um, they were, I mean, they were just beginning to be a thing. So really nothing like have prepared me to, for like the career I have today but I will say that you know just the focus on academics and having the ability to try out different things to find out what I love and tap into my creative side certainly helped get me on the path to what I ended up doing for sure i don't think any school can prepare you for like a social media career <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Maybe schools now. I feel like that's probably uh, uh, some sort of. I think I took social media class in college. So um,
2: they had those
0: now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I only graduated what five years ago from college, so um, it was just the beginning of it. Um, But uh, when you like when you were in high school, did you have an idea of what it was you wanted to do afterwards? Um, And I'm sure because your job didn't exist back when you were in high school, like it's changed quite a bit, but what were you thinking you wanted to pursue?
2: I was just def- definitely one of those teenagers and students who really had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. And in my future, I struggle making like really big decisions. And so I feel like I need to experience things before I can come to a conclusion. And through high school and even in college I really didn't know what I wanted to do so um I think just again like trying out a lot of things to know what I don't want to do, certainly helped. And um, even in college, I, I just did studied something very broad communications, because I thought, hey, like, this can give me a lot of opportunities, like this could open a lot of windows if I have this experience with communications and marketing. And um, I feel like there's a lot of students that really have no idea. And it's, and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fine. You, you'll figure it out along the way. Um, so if I had to give a piece of advice about that,
0: (laughs) it's okay to not go right now. Absolutely. And can you give us a little bit of background on, so you went to school and studied communications and then I'm sure you didn't overnight just become, you know, Sally, (laughs) Sally's baking addiction. Like how did you, how did you get there? And did you do something before what you currently do? Sure.
2: Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, I studied communications and advertising and marketing in college. And then I, I really did not know. I still, once I graduated, I just, I was not ready for the big world yet. So I think I just had like some little odd jobs for a while. And then, um, I, I did then take on a job in finance really again, like, Hey, I don't know what I want to do. Let me try out something. And so I was an assistant to a team of financial advisors and I, it was, you know, an office job. It helped me realize that I, I'm not using my creative side of my brain. Like I, I, this isn't it for me. This isn't what I really want to be doing, it's fine for right now. So, um, I've always, I've always loved to, um, I've always loved photography. I've always been interested in that. I've, I grew up, you know, in the, in the kitchen, baking, cooking, and just kind of learning about preparing food. And so that's kind of always been like a little interest, definitely an interest for me. And so, um, after you know college, and then I'm I'm in this finance career, and this was in um, like 2011. Um, social media was just kind of starting. Um, Facebook had been around for a little bit, but like Pinterest, Instagram, just kind of starting. And I started following some photography blogs and some food blog, all different kinds of blogs and blogs were much different back then. They were much more kind of like a, an online diary of sorts. And so I just started following, like doing these different things online and thinking like, Hey, this would be really fun if I had my own blog so I could share anything that I make, um, with my friends and family. So I just like have a place to put it. And so I, that's kind of how it started. It, it, it really was, it was not, it was just a little hobby on the side and um no one was not not many i should say were making food blog a career at that time and um so again it was just a little side hobby for me and then it really just all comes down to the timing of it i mean so it was, it was kind of just like my little personal blog i would share like you know to my friends like hey i made these cookies here's the recipe if you want to if you wanted it and um, And then, but yeah, social media started developing at a really rapid rate then. And, um, my content was then on Instagram and, and Pinterest. And uh, so I was getting more people than just people I know on Mm -hmm. my website. And, um, I just started realizing like, Hey, this, I could actually start treating this more like a business. And so it kind of naturally grew into that. And then someone who started following me, happened to be a cookbook editor. And she approached me about the idea of, of authoring a cookbook.
0: Wow, um, that's great.
2: That kind of fell into my lap. And I knew that if I actually wanted to do this seriously, that I couldn't still do my job in finance. And so by hosting ads on my website, I could earn a little bit of income, and then obviously writing a cookbook, getting an advance. And so I decided to quit my job so I could pursue this full time. It was a very big leap of faith. Not a lot of people were doing it at this time. And um, I just kind of threw myself into it.
0: That's fabulous.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So inspirational.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it was scary. (laughs) But um, but I uh, if you have enough passion, I feel like you can can do anything.
1: You mentioned earlier when you talked about growing up in the kitchen, which is something I know I did. I grew up around my grandmother baking and my dad cooking. Do you have any early memories of baking? Do you remember one distinct thing of you when you were little in the kitchen?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, my, um, my grandmother did a lot of from scratch baking. So she had huge gardens in her backyard. And so I remember distinctly making like homemade pies with her, um, homemade pie crust, um, cherries from her cherry tree, um, apples from her apple tree. And, um, just, just the, the process of doing it. I mean, obviously the pies are delicious, but just the process of doing it and seeing her work, her art and her craft just got me. So I just love doing it with her. It was just more like the memory of doing it and then getting to eat that delicious thing afterwards. It was, (laughs) it was the experience. And so, um, definitely a lot, with my grandmother for sure. And, um, it's just kind of been instilled in me from a young age.
1: Now, would you say pies are a nostalgic baked good for you? Or do you have another specific thing you remember baking with your grandmother that feels particularly nostalgic?
2: Pies for sure. Love baking pies. Actually one of my favorite things to bake. I feel just like You know, I, I love making them. Um, and then a bread, I feel like definitely just homemade bread. There's nothing like it, nothing like it. Grandma always makes the best bread. And, um, that's actually something I would make. I make the most now is homemade bread for my family. Um, would love to make pies all the time, but you know, bread is a little (laughs) more practical. So, you know, I always, I make a lot of homemade bread for my family. We love it. There's nothing like it. So, so tasty.
1: So, and moving on a little bit from nostalgia and into Sally's baking recipes, what is your favorite part of all of this? Sally's baking recipes and your blog and
2: yeah. Um, favorite thing. I think that it's using my creativity and, and, and the fact that that can be my career supporting my family. And, um, it's, it's wild that that's that they that you can do that now. And, um, not everyone gets to do it. And so for that, I'm very grateful. And so um, definitely um, my favorite part is it, there's so many little things that I love. And I think one of the best parts is hearing from readers that they made my recipe and that because A, B, and C, because it was for their son's first birthday or it was because it was for their grandmother's 85th surprise birthday party. And here are all the reasons why. It meant so much to her. Um, So just those little heartfelt stories that I also get to see from people literally all over the world Um, and knowing that maybe my recipes have made someone else that much happier.
0: And Piper, I believe you've made some of Sally's
1: recipes, haven't you? (laughs) I've made quite a few. Honestly, my friend introduced me to you. I was over at my friend's house and we baked together. Sometimes she has your cookbook. We made bread one time. We baked cookies. And during the pandemic, I made macarons. I was trying so hard and was struggling so much and kept making it over and over again. And my my parents were like, Piper, how many times are you going to make these cookies? And then I found your recipe and it worked.
2: Those are hard. Those are tough. So I am very impressed that you kept at it because those are not for the faint of heart.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Kind of going along with that recipe that is always hard to do. Do you have any recipe fails? One time for me, it was macarons and I just kept making it. I have recipe
2: fails every week. Um, so, (laughs) but it is something like that. You're so determined to figure out if I keep having a recipe fail, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up on it. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get this recipe right. Let me think of something new. Um, so I, 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 Any memorable ones? I mean, there's so many. One of my one of my specific ones was kind trying to create just like a basic vanilla cake that checked all the boxes. It was um, it was tender, it was soft, it was fluffy, it wasn't too heavy. You could turn it into a layer cake or a sheet cake um or cupcakes. One that just can check all the boxes. And that's a very tall order, as it turns out. Um, that's I guess why cake mix boxes. They are delicious. Um, that's why they're so. I don't know. <laughs> they just like have some magic in them, and so it's hard to create recreate that checks all the boxes, tastes good, and and yeah, of course, has great flavor. Um, and I remember it. It took me quite a while to develop that perfect recipe because you know my test batches just kept tasting like cornbread. Like they were they were not sweet enough. They were <laughs> flour. Um, you know, what What have you. And so um, I've learned the secret is using buttermilk. We'll make a very, very delicious um, t- and tender and soft cake, and using cake flour. Um, those are those are two things I learned from that. But I was very determined with that because I got to have a really good vanilla cake recipe. It is a good base for so many other flavors. And so, took me a while for that one. Um, but just last week, I had a I had a big fail. I was trying to make chocolate pavlovas, which is like an egg white based dessert, and mm. those were just not working. They they did not look appetizing, and they kept spreading, and it was just it was all kinds of bad. Grossness. So I had to kind of scrap that whole idea. Um, But there's lots of it. And it's just kind of all about being determined. Luckily, I have a team who helps me. So it's not just me. Lots of trial and error. Yeah, for sure.
0: And you mentioned you have a team. Like, obviously, you started as somebody who was just kind of keeping this personal blog to share with family and friends. um, And now you've, you know, grown so much. Um, how have you kind of taken it from that small? I mean, obviously, you you uh, wrote your book when somebody reached out, but like, how have you grown and and started to create a brand for
1: yourself?
2: You know, it it happened. It there was really never a plan. So like, I didn't sit down and say this is going to be my plan and this is exactly how I'm going to do it. Honestly, things have we've had to adapt as we've. Mm-hmm. So as, as I've grown, so as my website has grown, I've had, I've learned that I cannot do this by myself. So in 2016, um, I made my first hire cause I knew I, I could not keep up anymore. And so I hired an assistant and, um, she was wonderful. I, then I quickly hired another one and then I quickly hired another one, probably nine of us. And so, um, it, it kind of just happened naturally, like realizing, like, I need to invest in this. So I need to hire someone because I can no longer do it all. I need someone else to help me do it. And it is just a good investment into the business to bring someone else on to help support me. And so I can no longer, basically, I can no longer do my best work because there's too much to do. So um, just kind of realizing when you need the support and, um, just going for it. And so again, I never set out to be um, a boss or a business owner that has kind of come with time. I've had to learn on the job, how to do all of these things. And um, it's just kind of fallen into place through the experience of doing it. So just kind of throwing yourself into it and learning as you go, basically. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, just realizing you can't do it all like you you can do it all, but you can't do it all well. And I want to do it all well. So that's how I knew I needed to have a team.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned that they kind of help you develop some recipes. That's very lucky. I'm sure they're very happy to uh, be chasing all the treats that you make. Yes. Um, can you give us a little bit of behind the scenes on what it takes to to either find inspiration to create a recipe and then like the process of of doing that?
2: I am. I find inspiration from so many places. I think the biggest one though, is I know what my readers want. I know what they want to see on the site. I know what they're craving and a lot of it is seasonal too. So I know that in May, everyone's probably wanting some fresh berries, some springy light flavors, that kind of thing. It's mother's day. There's, there's graduation parties. There's a lot going on. So these are the things that I should make in this season, you know, in fall, everyone wants pumpkin spice, apples, that kind of thing. I just, I feel like I go based off what, I know my readers want and what has been popular in the past so just knowing that in the summer um, my ice cream cake everyone loves ice cream cake um, maybe i can do something like ice cream cookie sandwiches or something like that just sticking to the seasons and knowing what people want and what people want to see also recipe requests like we'll get lots of recipe requests like hey i had this and i would love for you to recreate it um that kind of things also if Big inspiration is what I know will photograph well. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Something I know yes. that's photograph well and be pretty. So that's um that's a big one too.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a vision because we can't taste what you're making, at least we can see it with our eyes. Yeah. So that makes sense. And when you're developing a new recipe, like how long does that typically take for you? Like how many times do you maybe have to try and start again and tweak and all of that?
2: If everyone, every recipe is different. So I think with those chocolate pavlovas that I was doing last week, I think we made them about three or four times tweaking different things before we just kind of scrapped the idea. Because I think I think it was more like we kind of got tired of doing (laughs) it. And so we just were like, you know what, we're not maybe we'll revisit this in a year or so and try something different. And so then it was just kind of moving on to something else. It depends on the recipe, how elaborate the recipe is. So, uh, something like a blueberry muffin might not take as much testing as, uh, a French macaron Think between, between testing a recipe, photo shooting, then getting the step shots or maybe a video, uh, things are made like 10 times. And so it's a lot, it's a lot of food. Luckily we have a lot of neighbors and, and <laughs> a lot of family, so, um, and we have a lot. Of I want to.
0: I want to live on your block.
2: <laughs> it's a lot, and luckily, no one really turns down. I feel like baked goods, so everyone likes to receive them. So, um, it, it it's a lot, but
0: we have um we have a good thing going. And um, you mentioned you know getting everything set up to look pretty, um, getting your food photography ready. What's that setup like? And Um, do you have kind of a space that you're, you're working with, or are you just in your kitchen? Um, what's that look like?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I would say that the food photography part of it is my favorite because it's the hardest. It's really hard for me. Um, I never went to photography school. I don't have any formal training in photography and I've kind of just learned as I've gone taking all the pictures and learning what I like and what I don't like. And so, um, it's 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 definitely my favorite and it's also very rewarding too like taking that final beautiful photo that always oh my gosh it's just going to look so good and everyone's going to want to make this because of this one photo it's so rewarding and so um but i i i try to keep My photography very simple because mostly because I feel like I'm in a rush and I don't have time to like fully style like all Mm -hmm. these beautiful styled shots. Um so I I I keep it very simple, you know, a napkin, a cake stand, that kind of thing, some berries, whatever. And then um I don't have an elaborate studio. It's very simple. I use photography backdrops. Um, you can purchase them online. My husband has made a few, you know, those like marble backdrops. It's actually not my real counter. That's like a little piece of wood. (laughs) And um um, and, and even the photo editing, it's the same. I try to just keep it like light and bright and colorful and airy and just not too much to distract from the food itself. And uh, I mean, I would love to style them more, but like, I'm not a professional food styler. So
1: I, I, um, just try to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, okay. And I'm going to ask about a process for something else. You mentioned how you were writing a cookbook and how that almost just kind of fell into your lap. What is that process like?
2: Yeah. So I have, I've written three books and I'm actually in the process of writing my fourth. And so my fourth book is kind of a whole different experience. So for that, I have a literary agent and um, I'm kind of doing it the more traditional route. Um, my first three books were with the same publisher and I, um, I was approached and, um, it kind of fell into my lap. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What an amazing opportunity. Um, writing the process of writing and publishing cookbook is, um, it's hard. It is very hard. It basically doubles my workload. Um, and so, you know, this me, when I was writing those three books, this is before I had children. I mean, that would be during the day I'm doing my job for the blog at night, I'm working on my cookbook. So it was basically double the work. And, um, you know, And I also did all my photography for all my cookbooks, too. So that it was, again, doubling the work, but very manageable. Um, This time, luckily, I have a team. So um, I don't have quite as much time in my days now, but I do have a team who can help. And so I'm testing recipes and that sort of thing. But um, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, luckily, you know, most publishers, like, hold your hand through the process, tell you what's coming, what's coming up, like the whole thing. Um, you know, you're, you have your deadlines, you have your, your um, you know, marketing plans and that kind of thing. And so... Luckily, you know, they're there to help support you. And so um, I had a great, I had great editors who collaborated with me um, on a lot of things, like how I should write this, how I should write that. Because again, like that was my first experience ever writing a cookbook. And um, it's, um, it's wild. It's a wild ride. It's a lot of work, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. I'm sure your communications background helped oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. the writing aspect yeah, of it absolutely.
1: too. For sure. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And so another process thinking about developing recipes, you develop regular recipes, but then you develop recipes for people with dietary restrictions, gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. Is that any different from developing other recipes?
2: Yeah. So I, um, I do have some, you know, gluten-free recipes, dairy-free and egg-free recipes on my site, but those are mostly all like naturally gluten, gluten-free. Like it's, um, What I'm trying to say is I, you know, I offer substitute suggestions when I can, or maybe I have like a flourless chocolate cake where you don't even need flour in the first place. So there's really no adaptions that a reader would have to make. But um, I, I don't have a ton of experience baking with different adaptions like that. And so when a reader asks specific questions, I answer what I can, but I always encourage them to go to an expert in that area, you know? So um, it, developing recipes with dietary restrictions can be very, very hard. For example, making a um, making a vanilla cake without eggs and without gluten, you're going to have a different product unless you have that experience to really know all the, I mean, there's so many cool ingredients these days. I feel like you can absolutely do it, um, but I try to offer like substitution suggestions where I can. If I really don't know, I will send them to like an expert on that topic. So it's hard to do. It's really hard.
1: (laughs) It definitely definitely is. It definitely is. My dad was vegan for a period of time. So I had to work with dietary restrictions. Yeah, that's tough. um, Like eggs and stuff. It's good to know that you don't have the expertise and you point them to someone who knows and can point you to someone who can definitely help you. Now, have you had problems earlier in your career or maybe in college that have led you to where you are now? I guess, well, um,
2: in in March and April of 2020, I had a very unexpected amount of rapid growth on my website. I, I, I believe that. Say, guys, <laughs> as one can imagine. I wouldn't say that was a problem. It was a challenge. It was a very big challenge. Um, It was very unexpected and it was very rapid and it was all at once. And um, we were not, we were not prepared for that. I did not have a big team at that time. I was also about to um, have a baby. So I was about to kind of hang up my apron for a couple months. And so it was a lot a lot plus, plus just being a, a human in the pandemic as well. It was just very hard, um, for sure. And, um, we just kind of had to, um, adapt to the increase in traffic. So working a more hours and kind of, I had to delegate where I could and, um, just, um, for so many people. Yes. I mean, so many people had so many challenges in their, in their personal and professional lives at that time. It was, it was a lot. I can't believe it's been two years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So that increase of foot traffic on your website and demand for recipes, has that taught you anything about the business side of the blog? Can you please tell us about the business side?
2: Sure. I mean, so I kind of had to fall into this place of being a business owner never did I set out to be a business owner, but I've fallen into that place. And now I'm very proud to be a business owner. Um, and it's, it's kind of, um, I'm just trying to say like, it's, um, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just baking cookies and taking a picture of them and and telling people how to make them. (laughs) It's so much more than that. It's a lot. It's, um, you know, it's, it's SEO search engine optimization. So about 75 of my website traffic is from, is from people searching the internet. And so it's just learning how to write for what people are searching for also you know how to and answering questions um, in a very concise but relatable way it's um learning food photography it's um learning how to be a boss learning how to be a project manager how to delegate things um how to own and operate a website i mean i'm not a website coder um i luckily have a development team who is who can help me with the tech side of things but just learning all of that kind of as i as my website is growing um it's a lot to do um and how to be on camera so me you know it's not easy it's not easy being you know having your face on camera you know you got to be excited and lively and um you know how to be doing two things at once I don't know about you but it's really hard for me to be like focusing on what I'm doing in a bowl and also talking to a camera like I it's very hard so um just doing something doing that so It's, um, and also just, you know, tracking the whole business side of things, um, how the business is performing, how it's, you know, are we losing traffic? Are we gaining traffic? What, what recipes are doing well right now? Should we publish more content like that? Um, a lot of strategy is involved too.
1: Absolutely. So using that strategy, how do you do sponsored content? And if so, if you do do sponsored content, how do you make decisions on that?
2: So I don't do much sponsored content anymore. Um, so I feel like, you know, it was a big thing a few years ago. And um, I, I did work with a few brands here and there that naturally fit into place with my content. But some bloggers do it very well working with brands they can organically fit into their content. They do it so well. They're great at it. I, I, I find that I like to control the content that I have on my site. So I like to put what I want to put on my website. Um, and, you know, when, when it comes to brands, I like to just share the brands that I like with my readers. Um, and that's not through anything sponsored by that brand. It's just, this is literally what I use and what I like. Um, and so I, um, I think people appreciate that level of transparency. So I try to limit, you know, my, the brands I work with, um, I've been working with one brand for like eight years. It's a, it's a yeast brand. They just like, it just naturally fits in the content and I, they're genuinely my favorite brand of yeast. And so I will, I will happily work with them. We work together really well. I guess when it all comes down to it, I like to, to be the one with who says what goes on my site. So in social media, so, but everyone has, but everyone can, does it differently and everyone can do it very well, however they want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything on your site feels very authentic to you and, um, never feels yeah too kind of out, out there, um, which I know some people can definitely struggle with in the, in the blogging space. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you um, more of a personal question. It can it can have to do with uh, your work, of course. But I was wondering, what what is your proudest accomplishment, kind of in your you know, probably since I guess you've left the halls of Glen What are you most proud of of doing?
2: I think becoming a published author uh, is definitely a very, very big accomplishment for me. Um, and then just that's you know that's amazing. I I wear it like a badge of honor. Um, but you know, also what I was saying earlier, just like the feedback I get from readers is so inspiring and encouraging and just the engagement with my readers and and hearing their stories about how they made this and and this was the outcome and thank you so much for teaching me this. Um, and you know like piper's example like she learned how to make french macarons from my recipe like that is what is so cool. rewarding to hear yes and and um it's just it's that's that definitely makes me a 100 times more proud than anything else could uh so um knowing that i knowing that my recipes are on someone's table all over the world and it's making someone smile
0: yeah it's great And of course, you know, there's so much more to do. I'm sure you're thinking about the future. You said you're working on your fourth book. Um, Are there certain goals that you are, you haven't yet achieved yet, but you're working towards or, you know, looking forward to working towards?
2: Yeah. So honestly, my goal is not rapid growth anymore. So that was a lot. And so now, you know, I'm kind of just focused on maintaining what I have built uh, writing, continuing to write more cookbooks in the future, demonstrating how I've grown as a baker and a photographer and just kind of growing in those areas. Um,
1: and then just maintaining the site that I've built. So I know we were just talking about the future, but I do want to rewind, rewind a little bit and ask if there's any advice you give your younger self.
2: I, I would say, um, for my, you know, for my, for my high school and college experiences, maybe, you know, don't care so much about what other people think of you because it does not matter in the long run. The only opinion that matters is yours and your, you know, family, you know, your tight knit group. Um, that's really what matters most. You know, I wish I didn't care so much about what other people thought of me, but I feel like that has to just come with experience (laughs) in life. So, um, but I would say that to my younger self for sure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think that's great advice for anybody, you know, for sure
2: that, yeah, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 That's so hard to understand when you're in it. Um, so, and especially yeah with social media now.
1: Absolutely. And do you have any advice for somebody who might be interested in what you're doing right now? Recipe development, writing, culinary photography. Yeah.
2: I would say to take a lot of classes like there's social media classes now fantastic um read learn as much as you can just fill your brain browse websites you enjoy cooking shows read cookbooks um one of my favorite is by um cooks illustrated it's called the baking book or maybe it's just called baking book um has a lot of great information about the hot the hows and whys of baking um and just um just going out and doing it and just learning as you go. Um, especially with something like photography, food photography, like you're never going to know what picture you like, unless you take it. So take 300 pictures one, you know, you're never going to take the picture you like, unless you like take a bunch of pictures. So, um, that's, you know, one thing. And then, um, I feel like there are so many resources out there now, especially online. So just finding, Um, You know, if you're interested in recipe development, writing, culinary, you know, food photography, that sort of thing, there's, I feel like there's so many courses out the online courses you can take, and, you know, books to read, and just kind of filling your brain with all of this knowledge,
1: and um, while also practicing as you're doing it, too. Absolutely. And so I have two kind of last questions. Do you have any questions or advice for Gwena girls right now?
2: Even even if you're, you're working at a job, you're taking a class and that those things do not interest you keep doing what you love on the side. Um, because if you're still doing that and it, it does, it won't feel like work. Like if you're still doing something on the side, if you're in a job, you're taking class, you're not really interested in, but you still have this other little side thing that you love, keep doing it. If you love it so much, it's not going to feel like work. And maybe someday you can actually turn it into a job, into a full-time career don't, um, sweep your, your passions like under the rug because you don't think anything can come of it. You don't know that it might, I feel like today you can make a career out of anything. And so, um, you know, don't be discouraged that, you know, maybe this career doesn't exist yet. Well, maybe it will, maybe you should make it exist, that kind of thing. So, um, and yeah, just don't give up. I,
1: love it. I, love it. I know that's All so, that's so advice. broad saying, don't give up. <laughs> <But> seriously, don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love that sometimes broad advice like that makes it more applicable to everybody. Yeah. So And is there anything you would like to tell us or you'd want anyone else to hear?
2: Um, I don't I don't think so. Um, you know, again, high school is just such a transformative time and to really nurture that and learn from it and you're going to grow a lot in those four years and you're going to learn you know a lot about yourself and there is even more growth after college and so i mean after high school just stick with it and you know have confidence in yourself like you you know you'll figure it out hey well thank you so much for having me on this was so lovely so nice to chat
0: well thank you me, Sally so, so much you for you. for chatting with us and answering all our questions i know that uh the listeners are really going to enjoy hearing about your background and we'll definitely be a uh, getting on your website to bake many treats and (laughs) and enjoy all of those i am excited hopefully piper will bake something and bring it in for for me (laughs) because i can't i can't make macarons so